Welcome back to just another solar podcast with Luke Beatty. That's me, Carl Jensen. That's me. And industry legend, Nigel Morris. That's me. And uh, multi-award winner, <laughs> Nigel well, Morris. Well, that's a multi-award winning, just another solar podcast. I know, well, right? We've got yeah. one. That's, We've you know, got, but well, it's spread amongst three. Well, you've two. won the multi-awards. But yeah, we won an award from the Solar Cutters for the Community Award. Uh, for anyone who went there, it was an absolute shock. I was sort of down the back, not expecting it. Pushed through the crowd. Carl was there. Where were you, Nige? I was actually on the phone to my wife. Ooh, That's acceptable. Valid, valid. <laughs> <laughs> so the pictures of us receiving the award, there's a picture of me and Carl there looking around the room for you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, fellas. I think I said to the crowd, geez, thanks, Costa. Talk about looking after you, mates. What a bullshit award. <laughs> it's like the coaches award anyway we're happy with that that's fine awards and awards. <laughs> also today we've got robbie nichols from the cec thanks for coming robbie yeah thanks for the invite so apparently you're a third generation sparky third generation yep and eight years in the cec yep coming up to so eight years you must have thick skin very thick skin <laughs> yeah or just low care factor a lot of times as yeah, well yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but i think like the industry's changing so much but yep. i'm sure we'll get into that in this conversation just like to point out, Cleanergy's also got some stubby holders there to keep your vehicle cool while you're They drink. do. But oh, they do. Could, uh, Mr. Oh. Guzzi, can we get... There oh, you thank go. You. Oh, thank you very much. Even better. Hopelessly. Mm. Cheers. Thank you. So one of, one of the interesting things that we were discussing before we started this, Robbie, is that it looks like it's the biggest all energy so far on record. What yeah. sort of numbers are we talking about? Quick telly was yesterday 8,000 through the door, but yep. that's only this side. So that's all the other stuff. There's 20 conference rooms. There's other events over that side, but just 8,000 through the door yesterday alone, yesterday. which was more than we had in two days last year. Yeah, wow. And we're wow. 30% bigger. So I think anyone's been to this conference before was always the Waste Expo and the Energy Expo. We've just nudged the Waste Expo right down, and we're still – I don't know if anyone walked around the whole thing today. I, I tried a couple of times. It's hard to go more than five metres without seeing someone you know. Yeah, a handshake and try and work out where you're trying to go, because yeah, yeah. last year it was just here, but now that's 50 metres further yeah, down yeah, yeah. there. How know. did you find the traffic, Nige? Oh, fantastic. I mean, when, when we came in yesterday, the queue went all the way down to the end of the building, and then someone said, yeah, and then it went round the corner, and we were down the road uh, yep. queued up. So – um, I love it when you're just in the middle of history because this has never happened before. Yep. Biggest ever solar conference in Australia's history. That's you know what happened? I can tell you. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> well, it's pissing down rain outside. It's cold. It's all solar. Might as well do something else. <laughs> Every single podcast would not be the same without you whinging about weather and not <laughs> And the other things are your 27 kilowatt system and yep. the Tesla Model 3. So I've named them all so far. So <laughs> We're done. Ticked them off. That's it. We've ticked the boxes. So I do have a few notes, which yeah. is normal. I think we've ticked them all. Thanks for coming, folks. <laughs> <laughs> So once again, we want to thank our sponsors, Clenergy, who not only have they put on the, the drinks and done it, but, um, but personally, as a distributor of the product and as a friend of the team, uh, they're always supportive. Uh, we got in a bit of trouble because um, I contacted Sean Guzzi and I said, hey, Guzzi, CEC has given us a green light or all energy to have beers at this event. And then I reached out to Sean. He said, yep, do it. Yep, do it. So I put it on socials. Next minute, Samir there global marketing managers call him in. He's like, what's going on, Ben? You've got to tell me. We don't know about this. It's not through the approvals. And I'm like, well, so here we are. So thanks to Clenergy. That's awesome. I thought we'd kick in, guys, to frame the conversation a bit. A really good way to do it is to talk about the best and worst of the show. Oof. I thought we'd start with the best. So is there something notable 
um, that you've seen at the show that you really want to make mention of. Robbie, we'll go with you, mate. You're the guest. Slightly biased in this one. Yep. Um, in my other role, electrical contractor down in Geelong, I worked on a prototype with Jet Charge that's actually here of a drop-in EV charger with solar panels. Yeah, so that was seeing it come out of the ground, steel getting built, floor getting down. Like, I think we went through four different switchboard iterations, yep. but actually seeing it on the floor here was pretty good for me to see that. Yeah, cool. Give us yeah. a rundown. What does it do? It can be charged off a 5-pin 32-amp plug. So where infrastructure isn't there for EV charging yet, this can be dropped on site, can be picked up by a tow truck and a crane, dropped into a car park, lead run, runs on a 5-pin 32-amp plug, can selective charge EV, so whoever first pulls up needs the most, or it can do all sorts of smarts. So the prototype was just a really cool thing to work on. How much grunt you got? Kilowatt hours. 100 kilowatt hours. And 100 kilowatt hours. There's a, six, there's a 12 kilowatt solar system on, so as a prototype that was pretty small. Yep. 25 kilowatt fast charge capacity. Yep. Um, but it can also do 7 kilowatt, 22 kilowatt prioritise charging and that sort of stuff, and daisy chainable. So if we want to put more batteries on, more batteries. It's already pre-done. This is a, we were talking about this yesterday. This is a load-sharing one, right, where yeah. share the load across the different ports. So if Carl comes in with his Tesla and he gets to priority, greedy, yeah, he, he gets all under kill. Then I come in with the Harley and yeah. we just slow him down yeah. and I take the charge. Yeah, so Love we can it. get the most out of what's available and give somebody, everyone a little bit or, yep. yeah. Yep. So when they're rolling out these massive EV networks around Australia, the infrastructure is going to take a long time to get in place. But these things could be dropped in as a stopgap while we build our EV networks around the country. Chicken versus egg. Mm. That's true. What about you, Carl? What's something that's struck you as being one of the best things in show? Look, that's a tough one. Um, I really haven't had that much time to get around. Most people got no idea what it costs to, to run these sorts of events if you're a manufacturer. Um, so everyone knows that we've got that little eye store down in the back. That little piece of floor space was 20 grand. And it was another 20 grand to build the stand, and then it was another 20 grand for the little patch of concrete out the front where the BYD uh, electric car giveaway is being displayed. And of course, we're the second smallest stand here. (laughs) 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 What did all of that cost? You know, it must have cost tens of millions of dollars. So I think just for all of the manufacturers and all the businesses that have come along and obviously made a massive investment in our industry to, to, to bring everything to this show, and they'll be knocking it down for the next two days, is just amazing. It's a massive investment. So obviously there's a whole heap of companies out there that I've never heard of before and they've probably come out from China and staggering investment in mm. our industry, which is great. Yeah. About 20 million bucks, according to the calculator. Yeah, yeah. right. I sat down to the numbers and did a rough count before and I reckon... You know, guys like you who bought stands and space and everything, there's about 20 million bucks worth of investment out there. That's a lot of squeeze balls, right? Well, we're only, what are they paying us? $25 an hour to sit up here and do the podcast? <laughs> I've got to say, though, mate, if you're charging that sort of money, you thought they could have got the queues correct as you came in. Yeah, so first day, <laughs> as an exhibitor, we had to queue for half an hour. So we had a team meeting booked at quarter to nine, and we were stuck in the queue for a good half an hour. You'd think if this is a business of running the shows, you're charging good money, somehow you can streamline the registration process so everyone can get in here to start. That's me just whinging. But into the good stuff. Nigel, what did you know? Um, there, was, there was actually, I, I, um, I think I tied for good stuff, trying to decide whether to drop a brand. I might drop a brand, but for, for everyone, anyone who doesn't know, the maximum PowerPoint tracker was actually invented 
by an Australian in Australia. And we all now, the whole world benefits from maximum PowerPoint track, uh, tracking technology. And uh, there was a company in Australia who developed that technology and it's wonderful because the second generation is now running that company. They've just gone through a bit of a metamorphosis, created a new brand, new entity, and they have a product for off-grid, mm. a hybrid inverter that, to me, was actually the most exciting product I saw in the whole show. Yeah. Um, it looked like it was built with the benefit of 30 years of hindsight of what every off-grid installer needs solved, right? It was just every, every time they talked about a feature, I went... Of course we should have that. Of mm. course that's better. Of course every installer is going to really, really want that. Yep. Uh, I don't even have a solar system at the moment and I wanted to buy one. <laughs> so that was really, really cool. Um, the other one, tying, tying for first place, was, of course, there was a load of hospitality events. Everyone was trying to outspend each other and have bigger parties and bigger, more people and all that kind of stuff. They all did a wonderful, wonderful job and I went to a whole heap. But on Monday night, um, we got to see the people in red... Uh, at the Fronius party, not only put on a really lovely show and nice hospitality, but what they showed, which is what so many of us really, really want in this industry, was how a team can come together. And the way they demonstrated that was they had some dancers come out and, you know... Well, get, it was a flash mob, yeah? It was a flash mob. They had, they like, came a out. waiter yeah. collapse on the ground then start moving. Yeah, a bit of, bit of yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, rap yeah. dance and stuff. Yeah. And then before you know it, the entire Fronius staff, the whole team came out and danced. Yep. And as embarrassing as that was for us and for them, <laughs> what we all walked away feeling, what I walked away feeling was look how much these people are willing to give, yep. look how tight they are as a crew, look how much they need to rehearse perhaps. Yep. But, you know, it was just a wonderful, wonderful example of how much they were willing to give. They didn't care how they looked. They came out to, to show everyone a good time. So yeah, good yeah. on them. And that sort of stuff's memorable, right? Yeah. Because, you see, um, I was speaking to Shane Arnold from Fronius about this and I said, Shane, there was a big variation in the dancing skills of the team. <laughs> was there, I said some of them could really move. Some of them look like, if you've seen that old Windows video, the launch of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates <laughs> doing these funny dances on the stage, some of them look like that. But I said, people don't remember that. They remember the whole Fronius crew getting up there and doing the flash mob thing, yep. and it's memorable. So, it's great. To put in my good point, and what I've put down there is generational as well. This one is third generational. Ooh. So... We always mention the Springers around trade shows because if you go to any trade show in Australia or globally, you know when the Springers are there. So um, they're the second generation, so Joe, Eddie and Mick. And then Joe's son, Jaunty, turned up. He's 18 years old doing his trade. I got to sit down with him. He's talking about, you know, the trials and tribulations of being an installer, throwing panels on the roof. The way that they do it is they say, right, he's going to learn on the tools then he learns a business and it all comes that way. You build it from the ground up. You don't just train him up in management or in the business skills. So anyway, at the Emphase event last night, the music started and anyone who's been at an event when the Springers are there knows that they command the dance floor. <laughs> so Joe, Eddie and Mick get in there, start doing it. Mick's doing his little feet shuffle thing. Next minute, Jaunty hits the dance floor and he's there keeping up with them with the best of them. Is that so I'm right? like, the next generation, oh. Kathleen Ryan is in the front row laughing her head off. Um, <laughs> she's been a guest and they got a mention there. But seeing, we've spoken about generational stuff before. Oh, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be dancing too. They won 10 grand at the Trina party. 
Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> Who didn't win 10 grand? I think Matt Wilkins won 10 grand. The Springers won 10 grand. Who didn't win 10 grand well, at the I party? 50 grand to give away, which is pretty spectacular. We went to the wrong party, Carl. I so. didn't go to any parties. <laughs> yeah. I must have early. missed the invite for that one. I should have gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a funny thing. It was an exclusive event, and I got a ticket. I put in for one for the, my partner. It was her birthday that day, but her ticket got turned down, so I gave my ticket to Emmett, and he didn't go. Emmett. <laughs> Rumour has it that Emmett Bray that was, the $10, was in bed by 7.30pm last night. Yeah. So. And that was the $10,000 winning ticket that you didn't take. So we've done the good and there's lots of other good. I mean, it's great to see the amazing faces and technology and just the scale of this. But let's, uh, let's hack into a few of the disappointing points. Do you have one thing that stood out to you, Robbie? Oh, I'd, I'd agree with the queue at the start. I think that was yeah. a learning experience. And the good thing is Reed's taken that on board already. So when they could do stuff yesterday morning, they were out there trying to do stuff to progress. And I think yeah. once you got in the queue... I got here a bit later and we were moving. Like it wasn't just standing there doing nothing. It did move. Yep. So I think that was probably the biggest negative. I don't think there's a lot of negatives. Yep. You can walk around and you get out of the show what you want to get out of the show. So, yep. yeah, that's probably the only slight one was that Fair initial enough. queue. And I think it's the volume of people that showed up that early on day one trying to get through the doors. It yep. was just, like, wow. We've yep. still got a little bit to go though. So a uh, little birdie tells me that Senec, Snek, the, uh, the big trade show in China, 500,000 people through the gates on the first day. More than four scanners required. It's a lot of people. But I mean, we're talking about a big show. Even in Munich, in um, Intersolar in June, the halls are about this size. And I can't remember, it was like 15 halls or 18 areas that they had. So there was a smaller hall. But you know, for us, this is big. But on the global scale, something like Snack is just out of this world, right? Mm. Yeah, we kind of lose perspective. We're a little country. We've only got 28 million people versus China at, what, 1.4 billion? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Carl? Worst of the show? Uh, worst of the show was also the best of the show, and that is that, um, like any trade show where you have a stand, it's always hard work. It's a long day and it's a long night, so no getting past it for me. That's, that's the worst part of the trade show. It's all right for the people that are on the other side of the stand. They get to go around and look at everything, but when you're actually yeah. working on the stand, uh, it's hard yakka, and I didn't get to see most of it. Yeah, the worst bit was it's not here for another day, and like any business, we're still under-resourced. Even with 25 people, we had so many people come to the stand that there was quite a lot of the time where you know, people had to crash-tackle me from someone to talk to somebody else, mm. and that just means that we're talking all day, all night, all day. <laughs> and how is that different from normal car? <laughs> <laughs> very funny, very funny. So we are keeping a tally. Of That's the not a joke. Who's <laughs> you know. It's got to be Nigel talks more than me. I don't know. We had this competition recently, yeah, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we what did. What was the outcome, Nigel? I won. You won. Yeah. You well, won. the question is, did you win for having more words or did no, you win for having no, less no, words? No, 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 no. I had to be edited out less than you. <laughs> <laughs> You're still talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nigel, worst of the show? Um, I didn't really have a worst of the show, but I did walk around. I, I was lucky we didn't have a booth, so I got to just kind of schmooze around and have a really, really good look around the halls and everything that was going on and... Um, the thing that actually really struck me is who the f- are all these companies? Mm-hmm. There were brands out there 
that, of course, when you and people want to launch new brands, they want to introduce their products and all those kinds of things. But actually the worst part of the show around that was that if I was a solar installer or a solar retailer navigating that very, very long haul, mm. trying to decide which battery to buy or which solar panel to choose, apart from the fact that there are a whole lot of brands out there that you do know, there's a whole lot of brands out there that you don't know. And so making that choice mm. uh, was, you know, it struck me that that was a really hard choice to make yeah. with that many brands out there. And, of course, the other thing that around that that struck me was really sort of a good and bad, and that is how powerful a brand can actually be. Mm. Um, and, and so there are brands out there that tell a story. Now, that's because of familiarity and globalisation and there are all those other kinds of things, but there are also brands out there that made no sense. They didn't tell me any story. Yep. Um, the booths made no sense. Nigel, uh, Nigel, stop. I thought you were supposed to be out there trying to find one of those manufacturers that's dumb enough to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. still Shout time. out again to Sean Gunsey yeah, and Planet Thanks, yeah. mate. <laughs> I suppose just on a quick footnote on that, I mean, we've, we've intentionally kept it non-commercial. We've had a couple of opportunities, but um, number one, there's a bit of responsibility that comes with the sponsorship. But the other thing is we quite like, we do this as a hobby and a passion, um, if sponsorship came, that's fine, but that's, that's something we've done. <laughs> yeah, and Carl's going to go and spend the rest of the day going stand-by-stand. Stand. Start around the three-by-threes around the outside. You've probably got your best prospects out there, mate. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah look. It's, still, there's still time. Uh, there's still we, time. we know some particular sales reps that have worked for like a dozen different battery companies and, yeah. uh, you know, battery companies come and go and you can go and work for them for 12 months, pull a couple of hundred grand out of them and then they leave the market. That's great. We just yeah. need to find one of those. Yeah. Well, it's hard, work, it's hard work pulling a brand off the ground. If they've already got some name in market, if they've got something, a story or something distinguishing. Where's the story? That's, what, the story? that's what was missing But even me. with the story, it's hard work to pull something from the ground up. Certainly is. So if you haven't got a story, you haven't got a differentiating feature or any product that's actually notable, then, you know, you get these guys that might pick up a BDM role for a couple of years and they get paid decent money and good packages and then they don't get it off the ground, and then it's like a couple of years' time. Who else yep. is going to um, yep. employ me to do the same thing? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you guys had a stand. One of the things that struck me, we didn't have one this year, was how do you stand out out there? It's awfully difficult to – I mean, I kept trying to find a couple of stands, and I kept getting lost and not being yep. able to navigate. I could have looked at a map, but that would have been too complicated. So I didn't look at a map, and I was trying to find my way around. It's a real challenge for people with booths out there – to actually, you know, get found now, right? Yeah, well, uh, another shout-out to our sponsor to today's event. Clenergy's uh, just launched the Jerry. They have. What is it? It's a Portable thing. battery bank. <laughs> it's a box. It's an Esky, right? <laughs> it's pretty handy. I've, uh, I've test-driven a Jerry as well. That's pretty good. And they've got the Elite Rail as well, which is a lighter gauge rail. <laughs> but see, we've become a commercial one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're we're proud. So we're it's lighter gauge rail I'm getting, I'm and it's cheaper as a distributor of the product. It's great. The guy's asking for it. Totally, totally sinking into the commercial thing. <laughs> so we're just going to go to an ad break now. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's sponsored by Energy. <laughs> oh, I'm not in the commercial space, obviously, but the, the support we get from Clean Energy as well, yeah. like especially the changes to 1170.2. Yeah. 
the way they contributed to our um, training courses and CPD courses and yep. sponsored some of that stuff. Like as an installer, you need a hundred. You've either got to buy it or you get organisations to help sponsor that content. And yeah, we ask them questions, we ask them for guidance, and they're always more than happy to help out. I imagine a lot of work goes into doing a training module when. I mean, I found it, Sean came on, we were discussing it when the changes happened, what, September or whatever last year. Mm. And um, it's very, very technical. It's actually above me. So I imagine creating the training material and getting people across something that's super technical must be hard to collate the information and make it digestible for... People interpret information in different ways as well. So some people want to read books and books or some people want to see podcasts or hear podcasts or watch a webinar. So we have to try and cross a few different ways of doing that too. So, yeah, there's a lot of support and we're all trying to learn and do the right thing. Hopefully all of us are trying to learn and do the right thing. Mm. Like you said, you're walking down there. The other thing is what's compliant in Australia too. So you've got to look for some, you know, as a new installer coming out of your A grade, you've got your solar ticket, where do you go? So you've got to try and network, meet people, talk to people, learn as you grow. Like experience is the best base. Speaking, speaking of learning, anyone get to a, anyone get to a session? Uh, no, sadly. No. no. There was a, there was a couple you, of sessions. I've not been tethered to the stand. You've been to, what about, did you Does get this, to any sessions? Does this count? <laughs> I have to say, Nigel. There's since, points, right? Yeah, the points. last time I was tethered to a stand was 2015, I think it was, with Sun Edison. Yeah. And the first inquiry, I'd flown across from Perth. First inquiry was like, a guy looking for two panels for his caravan. The next one was a farmer with, you know, a small bore pump looking for panels. And I was watching all the WA guys and customers walk past. And I turned around to the team and I said, listen, guys, I've just got to hit it. And ever since then, I've been free range. So it's actually the first show in a long time where I've, I've been tethered to the stand. And, man, it's harder work than going to boat builders and having meetings <laughs> over beer and stuff. Like, it's, it's proper, proper graft, Proper work. Man. Proper yeah, yeah. work. Which is a good thing. But... Yeah. Um, unfortunately didn't get to session. So I looked at the program and there's almost too many good sessions. There was a lot going on. There was yeah, a man. lot out there. I mean, yeah. I'm interested because, I mean, I try to get to sessions every yeah. time and I just fail yeah. every single time. Who got to sessions while they were here? Of course, the that's people that are 50, at our 60 sessions. 50 yeah. 50 to 60%. 50 to 60%. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's wonderful because that's one of the huge benefits. It's kind of over the other side, but you can get trapped in this hall, but there's so much to learn mm. over in those sessions, right? Such good quality speakers. That's true. Now, I haven't done my worst in show yet. I want to do my worst in show. Okay. And uh, despite Kathleen Ryan's advice to not call this out, I'm sorry, Kathleen. At one of the networking events, everyone's been pretty well behaved. There hasn't been anyone who's actually been over the top or terrible, except for one person. So we're a bit, we're not even that deep in the night. Person didn't appear that intoxicated, was upset about something that had happened in business or whatever else, was talking to someone else from another business who's gay, and they used a homophobic slur. It's like, come on, man. 2023. Yeah. It's like. Remember we did that podcast at one of the shows we were talking about that horrendous event where I feel that since then things have changed and gotten better, so yep. maybe we've got a little bit to go, but for the most part, people have been so well behaved. Yep. But that guy, you get the tool of the show. Yeah. Yeah, go. well, speaking of, speaking of um, women here, the uh, a Wise Geek was a, a raging success. They had a full house. In fact, that was on my list of great things to mention, the why, and I've completely forgot. Thanks for the reminder. That mm. was... Another exceptional, exceptional day. I made the comment last year, and I think Bobby's here somewhere. Bobby's over there. Bobby's over there. I made the comment last year that 
and and this year it did exactly the same thing for me, Bobby. So thank you. You come down to these shows. You come down to these shows, and you kind of, you know, you're a bit excited. You're a bit ready, and all that kind of stuff. And then you land here, and it's like, oh, now I'm overwhelmed by what's about to come in the next few days. I thought you were going and to talk about the weather. No. Sorry, this is where I tell you to shut up. I went to the Awise event, which is wonderful. You go to the Awise event and it's the warm-up where you are inspired and you're reminded to, to be inspired and to meet people and to open up and it's the best way to kick off the whole week of yep. this stuff. So shout out to Awise and the awesome yep. event. And Christine's here as well. Chrissy's here too. Thanks, Christine. That's the way. Yeah, now, awesome. the other thing, other thing I'll say is that Lily D'Ambrosio, the, I think she's an MP in Victoria, the Energy Minister. Yep, Minister, thank you. Yeah. So she got up there and gave a speech, and she stated that Awise is, uh, I can't remember the phrase she used, but it was saying that you're a serious um, consultant to government now, and you're doing so many different programs from what I call charity work, to sponsoring programs of women to go into apprenticeships and training and so forth in the industry. And I said to Bobby just before we came on, we had a bit of a chat. I thanked her not just for the wise leadership, but just for her general leadership in the industry. She's quite prominent. You clearly give a lot of your time. And Christine, like same thing. You guys are all giving so much of your time, but your industry leadership, we all notice that. And that's on top of running a business. Just a big shout out to you. Yeah. 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 So, interestingly, one of my customers came up to the stand and they had Lily D'Ambrosio visit their business in uh, Ballarat a couple of weeks ago. And uh, there's a photo of Lily in front of an eye store. And he said, Do you know much about heat pumps? And she said, I've got two eye stores on my house. Oh, unreal. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was pretty happy with that. Obviously, it's a big house. So the admin of the My Efficient Electric homepage on Facebook, which has 105,000 people on it, he popped by our stand yesterday and we were having oh. a good chat for a good 10 minutes beforehand and um, he did name drop you, Carl. That was but Tim. um Yeah. Tim yeah. Fawcett. Yeah. 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 So they've got 105,000 people on that page who are interested in electrification, solar, batteries, heat pumps. And it's all energy efficiency. It's everything. Like The yeah. group's incredible. Yeah, there's some, uh, some great experts on there around insulation and mm. double glazed windows and so on and so forth. I'm on there quite a bit banging on about you know, the basics, which is fill up the roof with solar panels, get three-phase power. In order for us to you know, be net zero, everybody's got to fill up every bit of roof. It's so much easier to put panels on roofs of local infrastructure. I don't have to move the energy from Mildura to, uh, to Melbourne when I can put it on the roof of Boeing underneath the Westgate. You know, it makes a lot of sense for everybody to, to fill up their roofs, but we're, we're still miles away. We're, we're only at 30% penetration. Of course, now I can drop the Tesla in there. Charge HQ tells me you know, all the time, every time I open the app, it tells me how much renewables there are in the grid. Um, and of course, the weather's been rubbish which means it's been blowing a howling gale and Victoria's been sitting at 75% renewables for the last three days, even though there's no sun. <laughs> so, nice. I guess that means that as a percentage it's quite high because no one could go outside because the weather's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but we've all got our heaters on as well. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so there's another couple of points I wanted to mention. We've also got Costa here from Solar Cutters. Now, the Solar Cutters... in oh, 
congratulations on the great event again. Yeah. You and Lauren and all the organising, as always. But one of the other things they did with this show is that they partnered with um, All Energy Australia to do skin checks as a service. So they've had a procession of people through there in the last couple of days. Now, the feedback in the first day is that there's... Sorry? Costa just said 300 people through. 300 people 300. through. Wow. Now, Good job. what they found from that is that there was a percentage of them that, that came up high risk for skin cancer, whether it's a spot or something else. So as a service to the industry, it's great, but probably a public awareness thing for guys who are on roofs, um, who are in the sun regularly. To all of us, really, that, you know... It's a, it's a good thing and a good service that these guys did, but maybe it's an opportunity for everyone to go, well... Get a check. Get a check. Get a check. You, you need a hat, the roof. Yeah. You've got no hair. I know, mate. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on the roof, think about it. Like, we, we see practical assessments come through where you've got to take your photos and they're singlet top, shorts, that's it. You're young, you think you're bulletproof. It can catch up with you pretty quick. Just sun smart. Put yep. a shirt on, do the right thing, but protect yourself. And get checked. Get checked. Get get checked. Yeah, absolutely. So while we've got Costa here, how many people did you get at the uh, Cutters out. event? 650 people turned up at the Solar Cutters drinks yeah. to get hammered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how did you go with the curfew, Carl? <laughs> did you have a curfew? What's, what's the strategy here, guys? Do we have a curfew? What's the, uh, what's the approach? I heard there was a curfew for Carl. <laughs> well, I didn't have any curfew, but we went from that event to actually we went there on electric scooters. So a customer of mine hired five electric scooters. You can you know click on five people. It was thirty bucks to go about a ten minute walk, and then uh, we jumped on set electric scooters and went somewhere else. By that stage, they were full of piss, and there was three accidents, one of which involved you know torn jeans and blood <laughs> and so on and so forth. Um, but those things can be really dangerous in the dark when it's wet and when you're intoxicated. So, <laughs> so we're giving um, skin, skin awareness or skin cancer awareness yeah. and drink driving awareness. Yeah. Scooter, scooter like awareness. Circa 1970s for the industry. Yeah. Guys, don't drink and drive or ride scooters. <laughs> Maybe they need like a breathalyzer on the scooter ignition before the app. You have to breathe into a straw. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had an interesting one. I was breathalyzed on the weekend, so I flew here from Perth on Friday morning. Um, I picked up the BYD that's sitting in the concourse, went to the Mornington Peninsula for lunch, went to Mount Dandenong to stay with family, and then went to the Caulfield Cup on Saturday. It's a big event, it's a big day, and ended up driving the BYD and took it sensibly, still had a few beers, and you had that moment where you get pulled up by the breathalyzer and you're just a bit nervous. I, I knew it wasn't over. How long have you got to walk for? <laughs> well, I still drove it here. And that, coming back to the point of how busy and what a big show this is, I dropped it off here at 7am Sunday morning. So I'd have been to Mount Dandenong, Mornington Peninsula, Caulfield Cup, and I had to drop it here to sit on the concourse. It's covered in dust. So 6am on Sunday morning, I'm gurneying it in a car wash, and I thought, it looks pretty good. And then the soft gurney, it looks great, ready for the show. And then it pissed down rain on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. But when I turned up here, there would have been well over 100 people assembling stands at 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. Yep. And they've been busy ever since. So it's yep. big business, but it's also a lot of jobs and, yeah, big business. Yeah, well, sure. speaking of which, I had a good chat with the guy that was building the, uh, the ice store stand. Yep. And he had an MBA. Shocking, right? <laughs> So obviously They're tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. No, we're, we're basically unskilled. 
you know, we've, we've learned a bit of a craft of sales, but, you know, ultimately we're, uh, I'm not using my trade anymore and you're not using your trade anymore, Nigel. You know, no. we're doing totally different Robbie's stuff. Robbie's using yep. his trade, though, yeah. which is good for the industry. Yeah. Not as much as I used to. Like, the tools are still yeah. a bit unfamiliar for me. I've got a leading hand in my contracting business, and if I go to site to help him, he calls me a tourist. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Tourist. But you're, you're doing CR inspections as well, yeah? yeah so so what, are, what are some of the things that you point out for the installers who are listening who haven't dropped out with all the other conversations that have been going on? Oh, I think, like, know the rules. Like, the CEC issues demerit points, we can only do it if it's non-compliant. If you're doing compliant installations, we can't issue demerit points. You can't be faulted for an inspection, whether it be Solovic. Solovic do more audits in Victoria. So in Victoria, we get an LEI that has to come and inspect before we turn the system on. If it's under the Solar Homes Program, that's then audited again, and then we could also be subject to a CER audit 12, 18 months down the track. So know what you'd need to do and do it well once, save you going back. Do you reckon the standard's improving? In Victoria? Yes. Some of the places I get to travel are well off the beaten track and no one would assume that anyone was coming to look at it and they could be pretty scary. Um, But that all goes back to the CER, all goes back to the CEC. If you travel 17 hours to do six systems in a little country town, and you do rectification required on every one of those six systems and it's picked up in an audit, you've got to go back and fix it. So think about that. As an installer, who do you want to work for? What's the reputation like? What's the quality like? And know when to say no is probably a big thing as well. If you're being told to install non-compliant systems, sign off on install and design, it's all on you. It becomes a bit of a fight if you're trying to say, well, I didn't sell it, but I installed it and I signed off as design. You're responsible for rectification. Where, where do we fit with the rest of the world? I, you know, I reckon in Victoria we've got the highest standard of solar installations anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, but I've got nothing to base that on. Bullshit. My knowledge is Victoria-based <laughs> as well. Right. Other than the CER stuff, Victoria would have the highest standard of solar installations, quality of solar installations. Yep. Probably electrical installations as well when you look at some of the switchboards and meter boards around the country. So is it actually causing any problems? In, like, uh, I, don't see the new, I don't turn the TV on to see a house burning down from a solar panel fire in Queensland every other day. Is it, it actually a problem? The media plays a big part in it. Um, one smoky little isolator might be called a solar fire. But I think the other big takeaway is maintenance. Some of these issues that crop up are systems that have been sitting on roofs for five, ten years that have never been maintained, maybe because they got a free government grant to put an 8000 In Victoria, we had an $8,000 system grant back in 2009. People got them. Great, I've got solar. Done and dusted. Maintaining those systems is really important. I think Tassie mandates, or maybe not mandates yet, but there's going to be sort of encouragement for every two years. And I think ESV is probably going to do There's even ESV's got some love your solar system. They did a campaign on that. It's also work for installers. If you, you know, need something else in your install stream, do a maintenance program. Well, where, where's the responsibility sit then? Because if the end customer has the system, is the onus on them to be reaching out to the company or are you saying the company should be proactive and reaching out to the, again, re-engage? Victoria, DNSPs will have a, a letter go out. You've got solar on a roof, you need to maintain it. But be proactive. Say every 12 months, go to your customer base and go, your system's been installed for 12 months, do you want to clean a check? Cost you this much. As Sparkies, you go to someone's house to do a solar cleaning check. While you're here, I've got these LED lights, or what do you think about putting a battery in, or what do you think about putting a heat pump in? Mm. 
it's it's repetitive business rather than just solo. See you later, and never talk to them again. It's it's funny. Uh, obviously, uh, I talk to a lot of plumbers, and they say, oh, "Are heat pumps reliable enough yet?" And I say, "Well, wh- what's your definition of reliable enough?" And they said, "Well, I put in a an electric hot water system 20 years ago, and it's still running." Mm. I said, "So hang on, your business strategy is to uh, make a thousand bucks out of selling a product to a customer once every 20 years? You're an idiot." <laughs> a hot water system installed 20 years ago isn't like a new one now isn't going to last 20 years again. I agree. Materials, product quality, it's like we had one customer come in and they had a 65-year-old hot water system in the roof, an old copper gravity-fed hot water that was still running. Gravity-fed. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. But you point out like what's If that? it was a solar panel, it would still be under warranty, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you also look at energy efficiency. Like you've got a 3.6 heating 315 litres or you've got a heat pump that does it from an hour and a half for a kilowatt and a bit. It's smart. And the grid's changing as well. Like hot water systems went to an off-peak tariff to try and stabilise the grid between 11 and 7. All that shifting, we've got solar's taken it one way, EVs will bring it back a bit. It's moving around so dramatically. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't want baseload in the middle of the no. night. But uh, we've got... Um, energy tariffs from a couple of the big players now where you can buy energy to charge your EV at eight cents between midnight and 6am and of course the immediate argument is oh that's terrible because we're not using renewables in order to do it you know mate the wind still blows when it's dark yeah Yeah. (laughs) or the the duck curve we all talk about the duck curve we want to get that belly of the duck up a bit how do we do it like tariff optimization, EV battery storage all that sort of stuff heat pumps run your heat pump between 11 and 2 Ten so and three. Ten and three. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But edu- no, installers, not all installers understand this, not all customers. So it's a whole education piece. We've got to all work together to try and move that ball around to make it best for everything if we're going to get to, you know, fully renewable energy. Yeah, so obviously I'm a numbers guy and I thrash out these numbers all day, every day for people and I sit down and try and explain it to them. But the simplicity of it, you know, isn't that hard for um, the thing that I try and drive to the solar installers most importantly is we haven't been asking our customers uh, for their gas bills. Why not? So ask the customer for your gas bill. The conversion between megajoules and kilowatt hours is 3.6 megajoules to a kilowatt hour. So math it out, work out how many kilowatt hours that they're using in gas, convert that to heat pump, i.e. air conditioning and hot water. Uh, We can divide that number that they're spending in gas by five and we end up with sort of 20, 25 kilowatt hours a day that we need uh, to heat their house and heat their water. And then we add that to the 11 kilowatt hours a day that we uh, need to run our TV and our lights. What do you know? We end up at the same number that Saul Griffith came up and he wrote a whole book on it. Um, so that, that, that stuff, we, we still need to get out there. You know, everybody that I've... Oh, actually, I did have one person at the stand who knew the conversion, but... Um, I think it's really important that all of us, well, the people that are here today, obviously they're getting the message. We need to share that message with other people. I mean, that's a conversation that's changed. So the conversation, you know, five, six years ago was we can't do just solar. We need to add batteries. And then it's we need to add EV. And now the, a lot of the conversations are based around electrification, getting off gas. So it's really good. And for companies, they can look at all the opportunities to electrify and do all that stuff. It's an awful lot for us still to do. Yeah. I, I was uh, chatting with a, with a good bunch of people the other day about um, what Australia's achieved just over the history of the RET, which is now 20 years. 
and you know, in simple terms, we've done 20 gigawatts of solar, rough calculation, it's about 60 million solar panels over the last 20 years. And when you reverse engineer the target that the government currently has set for it, we've got to do another 20 gigawatts, just like we took 20 years to do in about five years, maybe six. So there's an awful lot of work for us all to do much faster, more, much more efficiently um, uh, to, to meet those targets. So there's an awful lot of work to do still. Yeah, well, uh, Nigel and I uh, did the dirty on Luke and we uh, cut an episode without him on Friday. <laughs> Um, Luke was uh, in transit and uh, you know, it turns out he'd only had an hour's sleep on his trip over from Perth. So we had Dr. Martin Green. and Professor. Professor Martin Green. Um, and you know, obviously we know who he is. A lot of people don't know who he is, don't know what he does. But their goal was 30 cents a watt, 30% efficient panels by 2030. And we said, well... How are we going? How are we tracking? He says, we're ahead of the game. We're going to get there. Yep. Shit, 30% efficient panels. <laughs> well, walking around the hall, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but there's some 20 I saw, a, out there. I saw a 700 watt solar panel out there today. <laughs> How big was it? Right? Huge. It was yeah. fairly big. Yeah. But, you know, when, when, when BP Solar launched the first ever grid connected kits, we launched, we patented aluminium mounting rail and had a kit, and our entry-level solar kit was 500 watts. Uh, I'll never forget it because we went to a conference in Tasmania and we got my boss at the time to actually live demonstrate installing a 500-watt kit while I did a presentation. I'd go out there and get one panel that's 700 watts now. Just, it's unreal. It's remarkable how far we've come. Now, interestingly, in the media, um, you've got the larger panels and larger formats. I saw on the news, and it was shared on socials and solar cutter pages, about an exoskeleton for installers that would help oh, them lift yes, panels. So it wraps around their shoulders cool. with their arms because one of the biggest complaints with the larger format panels is that they're too heavy. Yep. They harm when you go up ladders, when it's windy, yep. and long-term injuries. You know, guys on the tools my age getting on. Um, They've done the numbers injuries. on how many panels the average installer yeah would have to lift yeah. every year. It was yeah, remarkable. So they're, they're yeah. using this exoskeleton to lift it. Now, yeah. Robbie, you know something about this. This was really interesting. So we're at um, Energy Next in Sydney, the CEC's conference up there that runs parallel with ASUS, and it was pack-up stage, and the people were walking past, and he said, I've got this exoskeleton. I said, what's it for? And he said, it's to support people with injuries, so help them get back into the workforce for moving boxes, stacking boxes. Yeah. And I said, have you thought about solar installers lifting 20, 30 kilowatt panels up onto the roof. And then I see on the socials that there's a, on the news, they're using solar panels and exoskeletons to lift these things up. It's pretty incredible. It basically takes all the tension off your arms yep. up to a point. And it, it's springs and hydraulics and, it, yeah, like a pricey. But and that's first generation, so yeah. who knows what it's going to yeah. look like down yep. the track. Yeah. Yeah. Ellen, so. Ellen's got one of those things, yeah, the robot. I don't want to go out there and do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's skip, skip the bit where I'm involved and go straight to the yep. bit where some a robot's doing it. Yep. Yeah, no one's getting hurt then. But if you Drink think, like, beer. we've got a skill shortage now. Absolutely. And it can be people that are out of work with injuries can now get back in. So true. You know, warehousing staff that might have got sore backs and stuff or hurt themselves. Mm. There's technology that can now help them. <laughs> so not just solar panel installers, but all the way through the supply chain, you can get people back to work through... No, I'm right, thanks. Was thought. Um, this technology and this assistance that's available. Yeah, so interestingly, you mentioned getting more people into the solar industry and let's call it five, six weeks ago, I, of course, 
call around my customer base, how's it all going, what are you up to? Well, we're not selling any heat pumps at the moment because we're flat out selling solar and we don't have time. And three weeks goes by, then it's, hey Carl, we've got nothing to do, we've got no more install capacity this year, so how's your stock going for heat pumps because we're going to sell those instead. So we've managed to recruit a whole shipload of plumbers because it's just a hot water service, but it's a renewable hot water service, so... We're bringing those skills to us, yeah. which is awesome. But yeah. like, like, that's great because plumbers can do disconnect, reconnect on those, can't they? Uh, look, no. no. Solar Victoria um, want an electrical safety certificate yep. and a plumbing certificate in yep. order to give you the thousand bucks. And at the end of the day, Solar Victoria is in the game to stimulate jobs. And also a bit of consumer protection as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. But electricians have to understand that, that there's a plumbing device that heats hot water but it's also part of my business so partner up network getting involved with a plumber sparky all that sort of stuff have the relationships yeah someone else to drink beer at the pub with too absolutely (laughs) or like me sit behind a desk and send somebody else to try and do that sort of stuff yeah yeah so there's not time for much more and this is normally where we throw around to the team and say you know have you got any last comments or questions or anything else but we want to also involve you guys so if there's been anything in the talk that you'd like to ask, ask a question about or make a comment on, we've got some... Uh, oh, yes. If we've got merch to give away. If, you, if you'd a like question. a shirt, a shirt with Nigel, Carl and myself on it. There's also Duna covers available, apparently, if you want to go to bed with us every night. Yep. Nigel's Shower brought curtains. a shirt. Yep. yep. So if you'd like to ask a question, make a comment, the best one will get a shirt. Yeah. The yeah. first piece of merch. Oh, there's one over there. There's one we've, over there. We've, we've got, got a roaming mic, mic, so hand up and oh, brilliant. Okay. brilliant. <clears throat> and just if you can just introduce yourself and the company as well, just for the podcast, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, I'm actually retired and no company, but um, my complaint is it's not in Brisbane. And I had to drive bloody 1,800 kilometres to get down here in my EV. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> and how did you go with charging? What was the experience like? Well, okay, I've, I've got a Kona. Um, we've had it for three and a half years. It was secondhand when I bought it. It had 8,000 Ks. We've done 95,000 Ks in it ourselves now in three and a half years. And there was, there was um, seven charges to come from, from Lismore down to here. And it, I, I estimated that at about three hours to the total trip if you compared that you normally got the stuff for meals and wee stops and things as well. So it's, it's quite doable. And, and I shared with, with a friend of mine who came down with me and, and uh, it was a good trip. That's a, that's a fairly typical story that I get 95,000 Ks in three years. So that's more than double the utilisation that people get out of our national fleet of petrol cars. So the, the numbers are that we average 15,000 Ks a year. And I wave a flag and say, that's bullshit. It's not going to happen because we end up sharing a single car between the two people in the household that are doing all the driving. So instead of having two cars that do 15,000 Ks each, we end up with one electric car that does 30,000 Ks. So this comment one way or another, is that a good thing that we're doing more driving now that we've got EVs or is it a bad thing that we're still wearing out tyres or whatever? I think it's a great thing because it's brought you from Queensland for probably... 40 bucks, which would have been a hell of a lot more expensive. Uh, was, uh, commercial charges was probably about, about $130 um, for the trip. 
But um, we've got two EVs here. We've got an old army, but home, it's under 130,000 k's and hasn't been further than 50 kilometres from home. And it puts up probably another five or 6,000 k's a year as well. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. Thank two you. EV household. Yeah, well, there's another one down there. Yeah. Afternoon, Jeff Stapleton from GCS and Hall, also... Hall, Hall of Famer? Would that be Hall of Famer? Siapi <laughs> in the Pacific. Solar Hall of Famer, Jeff Stapleton. Thank, thank you, Nigel. Um, look, one thing, like I heard you just talk about how many jobs were needed in the industry in one of the parts of the conversation, I just like to put out there, the one point that never gets discussed is the shortage of trainers. We don't have the trainers to train that many people. We struggle getting trainers now. In part, you know, I've got to turn jobs down overseas because I can't find trainers at times. So that conversation doesn't come up enough that how we actually going to get trainers. To how do you think we solve it then? I'm struggling. I'm trying to find trainers at times for GSES. Uh, historically, people used to get to a certain age and go to be a, a small percentage of all trades people would go and be a TAFE teacher. It, it doesn't seem to be happening anymore that people just don't want to do that for whatever reason. So I can't answer. I just know I just struggle with every time we advertise and things like that. So that's that's a topic that needs to start to be raised more that I don't seems, hear very often. It seems often. that, you know, the numbers are so high and the growth yeah. required is so high that when we spoke to Pat Southwell about LEIs, he had the same thing. We need inspectors. Yeah. There's not enough to get through what we're currently doing. Yeah. You're saying the same with trainers. The solar companies we deal with are often saying the same thing about bringing apprentices through and installers. So how do we solve this problem? How do we collectively attract more people to it? So the CEC actually had a careers expo next door. Fantastic. But, I mean, what's the answer? How do we get get more? It's an important question. It's a really big question. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, Brian England. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Just following on from Nigel's comment there about that uh, half a kilowatt system, I uh, was digging through a whole lot of files in the office uh, and found the original installation package for the 500-watt system that I put on my own roof back then in in eons ago. Excellent. $10,000 for a half (laughs) a kilowatt system. Yeah. uh, Just mind-boggling. back in those days, mate. Had to pay for all those... BP conferences somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everyone. Pat Southwell here, licensed electrical inspector. So I know Sandy Atkins is sitting over over on the other side there from ESV. Just ask you to block your ears for a sec. (laughs) Robbie, you know this is coming. Yeah. I want you to please share with everyone. Like we know you're, I think it's your third generation electrical company. Yeah. Yeah. Great. A really great story. Can you please let us, everyone know in the crowd... How old you were when you did your first switchboard? Uh, thank you, Pat. <laughs> Sandy. Um, I did my first switchboard at 12 years old. Oh! <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And somebody spoke about it before, but rite of passage, I was the work experience student during school holidays. I was the apprentice. I wasn't in the business or on the business. I did my time and worked my way all the way up. But, yeah, learned a lot back in those days. It was de-energised, completely safe. <laughs> Fully Maybe that's a solution, child labour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not endorsing it. I don't know. Sorry, that's, that's tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Well, I don't think we talked about it on the, on the podcast previously with you, Pat, but I did my first switchboard uh, in Perth probably 10 years ago and I called up my sparky mate and I said, I'm moving into a new house, I need to do the switchboard and put in my Fronius smart meter and I'm going to upgrade all of these circuits, put in RCBOs and so on and so forth. 
um, when are you coming over to help me? And he says, well, that job's not going to get finished unless you get started. So give us a call around lunchtime, let me know how you're going. Of course, I ring him at lunchtime and say, I'm almost finished. He says, that's good, because I'm not coming. (laughs) (laughs) And then the house burnt down and the insurance would be claimed. It it actually got got inspected by Western Power and no one said anything, so I guess it was good. We're not going to encourage that, though, Carl. But, yeah, so you you did that at 12 and um, and then you went through school. Yeah, so I used to work school holidays, and yeah, when I I was actually trying for an engineering cadetship at Alcoa, which was a big aluminium plant down in Geelong. Um, Found out in year 12, about a month in, that I needed chemistry instead of electrical from year 10. So that night, went home, told dad and granddad, because it was still granddad's business, so paperwork went in the next day at school saying I'm leaving, and started work, so that was a Thursday, and I started work on the Monday. Unreal. So yeah, been in it ever since. But also, the way my career's changed from a sparky to doing it Marjorie and I went around the country for solar bridge back in the day and then CR audits I sit on standards committees I work at the CC the opportunities for an electrician or anyone in the renewable energy are just amazing where you can go yeah it's a tough one I mean uh, I've got a seven well an 18 year old stepdaughter who finished school this week Um, obviously they've got exams to do but uh, apart from the fact that she was standing on the top of the stairs all dressed up in the gown and so on the high heels to go to the graduation ceremony, I'm thinking to myself, I really do hope that she remembers my advice of always three points of contact. Um, she didn't. And uh, cartwheeled down the stairs, landed at the bottom on her face. Um, and I thought, geez, that's a fucking rough lesson to learn <laughs> on this particular occasion. But... It doesn't matter how much I talk to her about renewables. Obviously, she hears me on the phone all the time. She's got absolutely zero idea of what she thinks you might want to do with her career, mm. but she's got no interest in renewables whatsoever. Um, and I think that that's, that's a challenge. You know, I think we've actually got to go to the schools yeah. and we've got to encourage people to take up electrical apprenticeships, you know, careers in renewables at you know, the start of year 11. You know, Even we're, earlier. You've it, got to be earlier than that. Yeah. Even the, uh, I said, said to her, what did the careers counsellor you know, think that she, you should do? And she says, oh, well, nothing. Like, that's not a job. Yeah. <laughs> nothing I'm, is I'm, not a job. Well, it's better than TikToker and, uh, yeah. and YouTuber. Yeah, yeah, influencer. Influencer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, show my age a bit. We had tech schools and high schools and people that weren't book smart had an opportunity to go and do trades and stuff like that. It's blended a bit. So I think some of the times we need to separate those people out and find horses yep. for courses. Like if people are really good with their hands and electrical, woodwork, plumbing, yep. maybe that's not year 12 high scores in your ATAR, but get yep. out into the workforce lawn. Once you've, like we always taught, you've got a trade. You can always fall back on a trade. Yep. So we yep. Need, I think we need to think about that again sort yep. of thing. So that's just Now, guys, so I think we need to wrap it up shortly. Is there that's one more, the, the legendary <laughs> Kathleen Ryan? Hi, I'm Kathleen Ryan from Catch Power. And I'd like to talk about respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Now, I know everybody isn't as many years as I have, but once upon a time we did have respect. And when we came to functions, when there were fabulous solar cutters on the stage giving out awards that were hard won with a lot of effort, there is no respect. Now, for the first time I have known Costa, I saw him cranky when Mario... <laughs> Mario Guzzi. Mario Guzzi 
the great father of Sean, of Clenergy, our sponsor, got up there and for the first time I had never seen so much rage <laughs> in Costa's eyes because where was the respect for Mario? Just for context, context, Kathleen, for those who went there, yeah. <laughs> solar cutters were giving out awards yes. and as part of that, uh, Mario Guzzi came up to speak to the audience. He's one of the pioneers in the Australian industry, well-respected, and everyone was yelling over each other to have their conversations and didn't pay attention. Costa got pretty upset about it and made it clear and people still kept doing it. So, Can we not build a bit of respect to stop and listen to the awards? So, yeah, respect. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people investing a lot of money to bring these awards, to run these events, uh, to, to hold the functions. There were CEC install awards last night. Same thing, room full of people. Very, very hard to hear. So it's a good yeah. point. Yeah, right. It's a good point. Right. Great. So we're going to do a quick wrap-up now and just do a quick whip around with our last comments. So we'll start with Carl. I hope that everybody had a beer or three while they were listening to us. And uh, thanks very much for, uh, for coming. And well said. And Nige, sign off. Uh, sign off. Um, so um, congratulations to everyone. Great show. Um, congratulations to my son who I rang today to send to the flower shop to buy flowers to give to my wife because it's my wedding anniversary. <laughs> and, uh, so thanks to my son. Um, um, and uh, that's it. Very good. Robbie? Um, probably me, the CEC tech team. We get a bad rap sometimes, but we're all installers, boots on roof, passionate, trying to help where we can. So, yeah, all the guys in the CEC tech team and the CEC in general, we, like, it's hard to do what we do. And we, yep. I think like this event's the ultimate sort of thing that we put on. Yep. You look out there, you look at the booths, you look at the people, you look at the networking. I think it's sort of it's working pretty yeah. well. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually second that because we wouldn't be here on the stage if it wasn't for you, mate. So round of applause for you and the CEC. And... Yeah, we, who are we going to give the T-shirt to, do you think? We're going to make the call. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah, it's been a really good show. Thanks to everyone involved and all the hard work. I think people's voices are feeling it and everything else. But thanks to you for coming on, Robbie. I mean, it's yeah. a bit different. Normally we get to drill down a bit more. It's a um, different dynamic being on the stage, but really appreciate you coming on. Can continue the conversation at the Clenergy Networking Drinks on their stand. So anyone who's looking to continue conversations from this or just catch up with people, a great company, you can migrate there afterwards. And, yep. uh, yeah, so thanks, guys. Thanks, Robbie. Absolutely. And thanks to the audience. And uh, just remember, if you can follow us on socials, like, share, subscribe, and pass it around to anyone who might get benefit, that'd be great. Cheers.